Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are recapping last week's NCAA basketball conference games of the week. The show introduces their special guests for the evening. The guys give their preview of the upcoming conference tournaments. NBA All-Star Weekend wrap-up. Lob City is revived in Brooklyn. Controversy over the weekend in the UFC, and Dak stays put in Dallas. And with that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cal. Thanks, Colton. Hey, welcome, everybody. Uh, yeah, we're going to go over our games of the week, and then after we get through that, we, before we go into our discussion on the conference tournaments, we've got a special guest calling in, local coach Barry Egan. Uh, coach Egan is coaching the elite athletes in his time at uh, Cleveland Heights and also in his, uh, has taken teams all the way out to the finals out in Las Vegas for coaching AAU ball. He's going to give us some insight on the, uh, on the uh, what it takes to be a, an elite athlete, what he looks like for, for his team and his elite player. So let's go. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started with our recap. I had the uh, Virginia-Louisville game last week, and I actually got one right this week. Um, I knew that uh, Hauser would um, have a great game. Uh, and Huff would have a great game. Hauser did. Uh, Virginia just plays that awesome defense. They held Louisville under 60 points is what they've been doing to teams all year. And they held Louisville stud uh, Carly Jones to six points in the whole game and only 36% held the whole team to 36% shooting. Louisville's not taking care of the fundamentals. They only shot 64% from the line. I said it'd be a block party for Huff. He's averaging two and a half blocks a game. He had four the other night, eight blocks as a team. And what I really like to see, not only the great defense out of Virginia, but they won 11 for 11 from the free throw line. So I got one right. I think I've improved my record to two and three now. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll continue that trend. Braden, <laughs> what you got? Yeah, last week I had a, the uh, Pac-12, Oregon versus UCLA. Pretty good game overall. Ended up uh, 82 to 74, Oregon with the win. It was a good game until the finish, honestly. The Oregon ended up shooting 47.4% for their three-pointers on the night. But the Ducks, it was the fourth quarter. It was the last uh, three minutes that really shined for them going uh, on a 12-4 and run to seal the Pac-12 championship. So uh, it was a good game to watch, definitely. But uh, for Oregon, that defense was the uh, main key here. Nine steals in the game. So uh, definitely shows you defense wins games. It does. All right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I got my first game here uh, in the Big 12. Um, I got uh, number 17, Oklahoma State, versus number three, Baylor. And uh, I picked, got this one right. Baylor came out on top. They took the season sweep uh, by a score of 81 to 70. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State got a lot of easy buckets. Uh, they scored about 40 points in the paint. So they, you know, scored half their points. In State had 18 turnovers, and, and off those 18, oh, off those 18 turnovers, they had 26 points. So you know, substantial take care of the ball. Yeah, right? they, they they turned it over quite a bit. Uh, you know, Baylor took advantage of those turnovers. Um, you know, Baylor also out rebounded OSU 12, 32 to 25, and 12 to 7 on the offensive glass. So, and uh, you know, Baylor really did turn it up on the defense as well. Had 11 steals. So. You know, I know that they're, you know, leading the uh, Big 12 in, in steals, but uh, they, they really went above their average um, and, uh, you know, really got it done on the defensive end. But, you know, we're able to convert those, uh, you know, buckets on the defensive end into easy offense for them. Um, you know, the big, the big uh, you know, standout for Oklahoma State was, uh, you know, 
freshman Cade Cunningham. Um, you know, without him, you know, I don't know where Oklahoma State would be this year. Um, he, he finished the game with 24 points, uh, 10 of 19 from the floor, and uh, about four of eight from three-point land. Uh, but problem was he had five five turnovers. Uh, so you know that's you know not what you were looking for in, in your guard. Um, and obviously Baylor took advantage of uh, those those easy you know buckets from him. Yeah, for him just being a freshman, he's really showed uh, that he has what it takes to be that number one draft. I think he's going to be a lock. Right. Yeah, and he's he's playing well enough. I mean, I I think at this point Luca Garza pretty much has Player of the Year you know wrapped up. But you know, Cade Cunningham is making a you know big push here at the oh, end yeah. of the season and you know we'll see what he can do you know March when it comes you know March Madness time but uh, he's really showing out and uh, you know making a case for that likely number one pick in uh, next year's NBA yeah. draft. All right. Okay uh, the, the Big Ten game of the week was uh, Illinois versus OSU. Um, we picked OSU to get this one and we were wrong. Um, Carmelo or Carbello off the bench just went crazy. Freshman three. Illinois, 19 points, five rebounds, six assists. They uh, they held OSU to 40% field goal shooting, 31% from three-point land. But the big story of that game was Masunu being back for uh, Illinois had a great game. I, I think he had uh, he had 20-some points, I believe. I didn't write it down, but I think that's the big story. I think Illinois is going to be a tough out, fellas. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at with getting him back, probably their best player on the team. Corbello's playing well. I think they're got not only in the Big Ten tournament, but I think you know I think they're going to be a one on the one line in the big dance, and um, they're going to be a tough out. They really are. They're really hitting their stride, um, coming down the stretch here, playing some big games, beat Michigan, beat OSU. Um, OSU, on the other hand, gosh, I'm a little worried about them. <laughs> yeah, dropped four in a row. I mean, three of them were the top five teams, so yeah, right. we got to cut them a little bit of slack. The other game to Michigan State, who's playing well as of late. Also, not ranked, but playing well. So, hopefully, uh, Chris Holtzman down there in Columbus can get the ship righted and uh, make a deep run in the Big Ten tournament and, and a good showing in the in the big dance. So, um, I think OSU's probably dropped to the two line now. Um, yeah, Illinois well, replaced them as the number one. Um, you got you got Iowa that's going to be maybe a two or a three line in there as well. So, we got we got some good teams, all five teams in the Big Ten in the top ten. So, you're going to see them at the front of the pack there. At, really exciting for, for the Big Ten. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. felt down the stretch, though. Ohio State basically gave the game away. They were up four, they and then did. just had a, about a two- or three-minute stretch. Couldn't make a field goal. Yeah. 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 They got cold at the wrong time. Yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of been their, uh, you know, Achilles heel here recently in this, you know, four-game slide is that they, you know, when they needed the buckets, they couldn't get them or, you know, they, they you know, couldn't get the stops that they needed, and then they couldn't, you know, convert, you know, some buckets, some easy buckets that they needed to – you know, keep it close, and uh, the other team just kind of runs away, runs away with it. So, you know, I think uh, they'll, they'll they'll try to figure it out. Or, you know, I think Chris Holtman, you know, does, has done a you know very good job this year, and uh, you know, they got the Big Ten tournament to use as kind of a, a tune-up, I would say, to uh, you know um, the NCAA tournament, March Madness here. So, hopefully, they can get it get it righted. Uh, you know, it, it would be a disappointing season to you know not do so well in the. In the finals here so um but uh we're gonna you know wrap it up here uh i got my last uh, game of the week uh in the sec and i actually went two for two this week fellas go. two for two so uh you know i won uh, got, got this game right uh, lsu versus missouri i won uh, one that got this game right lsu came out on top by a score of 86 to 80 
Um, and, uh, you know, the difference for me in, in this game, LSU shot nearly 50, a little bit over 50% from the floor. Yeah. So, uh, and on the other hand, Missouri struggled to shoot the ball. Yeah. Uh, they, they shot about 37% from the field. So, you know, that, that, for me, that was the difference. LSU was making buckets. Missouri, yeah. you know, struggled. Uh, but I, I predicted this one, this one right. I, I said it was going to be a pretty high-scoring game, um, you know, the over, you know, whatever the over was, take it, take it, no or take even more because uh, well. both these teams did not, you know, play very well from the defensive end. Um, you know, stud freshman Cameron Thomas from LSU, probably uh, SEC player of the oh, year as a freshman, uh, scored 29 points. Jesus. Uh, went, you know, got, got light, a lot of his points uh, from the free throw line. So 10, 10 of 12 from the free throw line. So, you know, that's always good to get yourself, you know, going, get some easy buckets and easy free throws. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, Missouri, as a team, shot 34 free throws, Jesus. and they shot uh, 25 or 34. So about, you know, Not 70, bad. 73%. But, you know, from the field, they just didn't shoot very well. And yeah. they just obviously couldn't get a lot of stops, couldn't get a lot of, uh, you know, buckets there. Uh, you know, LSU obviously scored 86 points. And most of the time when you're, giving up 86 points, you're not going to win too many ball no, games. It's not going to be good for you. Right, right. So, uh, you know, that's I, – I went I went two for two. So, I, I'm pretty bad. sure yeah. after all of these games that we – you know, the last several weeks, I, I'm pretty sure I finished with like a losing record. I, I forget what it is, but uh, I was happy to finish out the season on a high note and, uh, you know, go two for two this week. Yeah, the LSU and Missouri be the game of the week for uh, the yeah. SEC going yeah, into like the year. That, I thought it was like a I said, joke. You know, picking this SEC week in and week out, it's always tough to come up with a game of the week. Um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the times I'm picking the same teams because uh, yeah, the, good. the teams yeah. are just – I tell you, it's been tough in the ACC um, as well. I mean, they're just – I just think a lot of those teams are underachieving in the ACC right now. Um, it's, it's been tough to pick a – pick a front runner you think you got one and then they wind up getting blown out by somebody so right. it, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams play I think in their in their conference tournaments coming up you know see if they hold up to the pressure I think um, you know I think you'll see teams that are that have senior leadership I think you and play good fundamentals good defense take care of the ball you know I think that's the teams you're going to see rise to the top uh, I mean I don't know we want to get into our conference tournament picks a little bit here. Um, conferences. Um, and the team I've been kind of talking about all year is, has been Virginia because I like the way they play. I love their defense, holding teams less than less than 60 points a game. Um, they're ranked 16th in the country. Number They're on the one line in the ACC tournament. Actually, F Florida State is ahead of them in the rankings, but they're on the two line because of their conference record. So. Um, I don't think, I don't think Virginia, you know, is is a flashy team. They don't do, you know, they don't have a lot of, they don't have a big score. They don't, have, but they just, they just play good fundamentals. You know, mm -hmm. the, the free throws, the defense, the taking care of the ball. Yeah, that's a dying culture nowadays too. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of these teams are just run and gun, and yeah. Virginia forces you become to value each possession. Right. Maybe my dark horse from the ACC tournament. I, I kind of got to look at Georgia Tech. Uh, they've won six in a row right now. They're they're playing good down the stretch. With this, one of those was a 16 point win um, over Virginia Tech's on the three line. Georgia Tech's on the four line. And my guy that I picked is Moses Wright that I picked as the most improved player. 
in that stretch where they've won six in a row, he's averaging 23 and a half points a game and 10 rebounds. So Jesus. He's really playing well down the stretch for Georgia Tech. So that that's kind of my dark horse pick, I think, in the ACC tournament. Braden, you want to give us a rundown of the pack? Yeah, for the Pac-12, I mean, it's just a three-man three race right now. We have the 24th-ranked USC Trojans, 23rd Colorado, and Oregon all in the top three. Oregon ended up winning the uh, Pac-12 championship, and they're on a six-game winning streak, so I'd have to go with them right now as my favorites to win. But honestly, it could be a toss-up between all three. They All three have a lot of seniors' leadership out there. USC is led by uh, freshman stud Evan Mobley who's definitely going to be a top five pick. So I wouldn't be surprised if any of those guys won it. And then for my uh, dark horse team, I'd have to go with UCLA. This year, they've been 17-8 uh, and eight overall. They have six guys that are averaging double digits. So obviously that ball's kicking around a lot. And, uh, yeah, I think Oregon's definitely going to be the front runner for it. But I wouldn't be surprised if any of those top four teams win. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think in the Pac-12, it's uh, anybody's anybody's game up there. Yeah. It's uh, one of those conferences that yeah. It's hard to judge right now. Yeah, yeah. It's tough, tough to pick. But uh, well, lots of so many of those games. I don't get to see a lot of those teams play. Those games come on so late. I can't stay up that late anymore. <laughs> as much as I love watching college basketball, I just can't stay awake. Right. Right. I'm going to transition it over here to the Big 12. I got the Big 12 conference tournament. Um, obviously, the, the favorite to win is, is Baylor coming in at 21-1, uh, and 13-1 in the conference, uh, back up to number two in the rankings now after today. Um, so, you know, they're, they're obviously the favorite. They're playing good. Um, you know, they, they have high aspirations not only to, you know, win this conference tournament, but then, you know, go on and do big things in the, you know, March Madness here coming up. So, they're they're still hungry. I, I expect them to you know do well. Um, but uh, a couple other teams you know to watch: uh, West Virginia. Oh, uh, definitely right now. Yeah, they're they're playing well. Um, you know, Bob Huggins has them playing real real well, and you know they they went to the wire you know with Baylor you know a couple weeks yeah. ago, and uh, so if they get you know that matchup, um, you know that's going to be. Hey, coach! Welcome to the Hi, show. Rob. How much, buddy? How you doing? Good. Hey, uh, we're just going through our uh, conference conference um, tournament picks right now. You want to chime in? We already went over the ACC. Who do you like out of the ACC, Coach? Uh, I like Clemson, but Virginia's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. Virginia came out on top. I think they won, won their conference with a bit win on win over uh, Louisville last week. So. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I think a Virginia Virginia's got to be one you got to you got to pay attention to. And I really really like Brad Brownell over Clemson too. He's yeah, a good guy. he he was my pick of uh, ACC Coach of the Year last week. We did that. We had a segment last week. We pitched picked ACC or all the conference um coaches of the year. And Brad was my was my pick from Clemson. You know, he took him yeah. from a from a nine and eleven team in the ACC to nine and five this year, so he's really doing some good things down there. I I, I would tend to agree with you. Summer head coach right. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. So what about uh, who do you like in the uh, Pac-12? You you like coming out of the West out there, coach? Uh, you know they. I really like to like this. Uh, Nick and SC's always got talent, but Oregon uh, Holden does a good job with Oregon. Okay, good. So. 
I, we agree. I, that's kind of our consensus here, too. We like those two teams coming out, coming out of the West. Colton won at his, uh, his tournament or his conference team that he's going over was the Big 12. Who, who do you like coming out of the Midwest there, Coach? Well, that's a tough one. They, uh, you know, everybody's on Baylor, the Baylor bandwagon, but uh, I think the Big 12 is going to be one of those conferences. You know, I just style West Virginia is a tough one to uh, for anybody to take from tournament time. Oh, yeah. They just play tougher than everybody else. Yes, they do. I, mean, I know. Was, I know. Coach was, Huggins is a friend of yours. That's uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. He, him and you are pretty close. That's good to see him. You know, having a good team coming back. You know, getting that team, West Virginia team, ready to play. I I, I love to see them make a deep run. No, oh, he lost Oscar. You know, big five star recruit for him. You know, he dismissed Oscar from his team this year and. All they did was bound together and, and play good, but the Big 12 is also good. Yeah, there, there's some good ball teams in there. I think. Yeah, I think uh, you know Baylor. They're they're obviously a powerhouse, but I would love to see West Virginia take that and then make a deep run in the Big Dance too. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, another team you know you don't want to kind of sleep on is uh, you know out there in Oklahoma. Oklahoma State I think is a big a big one too. They had some big wins this year. Yeah, Oklahoma State is really really playing well. That star freshman, you know, Cade Cunningham, it's uh, yeah, likely being the number one pick next year. So, you know, I, I take them as kind of a dark horse to, to possibly win it, win it all. Um, so, you know, look for them to make some, you know, a splash here in the Big 12 as well. Who you like in the Big 12, Coach Egan? Uh, you know, uh, you know, my heart wants to go with West Virginia, but, you know, Baylor's on their way. Yeah. yeah. You know, but there, there's some other teams, though, that, 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 you just can't score them. Right, right. It's a very good conference, probably best in basketball. That's it. All right. Yeah, um, we got the Big Ten here. We're going to go over, obviously, there's some awesome teams in the Big Ten, probably the best showing the Big Ten's had in a, long, a lot of years. But it's always a strong conference, and they play real physical. But to have uh, probably two teams on the one line in Michigan and Illinois and Iowa probably on a two and Ohio State probably on a two, Ten tournament this year. Well, uh, you know, uh, I think you can flip a coin, um, but you know, Iowa's, you know, their big guy is is really good, and the thing about him is they've been second half in a while, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and and they shoot it so well. You know, the Barnstormers have been a great AAU program, uh, and you know, Iowa and Minnesota are noted. Great AAU programs, mm -hmm. and, and, and I always, I always got a pretty good chance. I know Michigan's really good, and um, everything. And Illinois is certainly good too. But, but uh, you know, I think I was, I think I was got his first chance to win. I, I think you're right. I think there's some good. That's gonna that Big Ten tournament's gonna be fun to watch. I think that, that starts tomorrow. There's two games tomorrow, um, and then the championship games on on Sunday at 3.30, and then right after that, they do all their picks. You know, they do the they do the in and outs, and the 68 teams, it'll be in. So I, I got uh, I got Michigan winning this. I got Michigan picked to win the Big Ten tournament. This, their body worked all year. I mean, they've just been a solid team. They they stumbled the other day against Michigan State, a team that they just beat. Um, I just think maybe they were kind of overlooked them maybe a little bit, I think, which is – Unfortunate, they could have, you know, wrapped up at uh, 20 and two overall and uh, 
15 and two in the Big Ten, but they, they did drop that one to Michigan State. Michigan State's coming on. Um, yeah. You know, they they played well down a stretch, beat some big big teams. Not only Michigan, but they beat OSU. Um, do you think Michigan State's in the tournament this year, Coach? Oh, I think it's going to depend on what they do in the Big Ten tournament. But uh, you know, I, I can't see Michigan State out of the tournament. Number one, it's good for ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, true. And they always that's certainly true. want that. That's true. And uh, and I see them doing really well in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, Michigan State has to make a little bit of a splash in the uh, Big Ten tournament. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I said, they, they can't be a first round exit. Uh, they gotta, they gotta make some noise a little bit in the Big Ten tournament to solidify that spot in the, in the big dance. See, I, I, uh, I, you know, I agree with that. But you know, I, I look at, I look at three teams that if I was in the Big Ten and I'm getting up to number two seeds, you know, I. I don't want to play Arkansas. I don't want to play Florida State. And I don't want to play Houston. I think those are three teams that play a, a demanding, unique style that can beat anybody mm-hmm. on any day. And and those three three teams are all well. Leonard Hamilton's as good as good gets. Of course, Musselman. You know, he he went to Bradfield High School up in Cleveland when his dad was coaching the Cavs. And of course, Samson when he was Oklahoma recruited a lot of kids on that. I just think they're three wonderful coaches that play great style and can beat anybody. Yeah, okay. yeah. Good, good insight. Good yeah, Musselman played that a lot up there at Arkansas. I know that for sure. Yeah, sure yeah. has. All right. Now, Colton's got one more conference. He needs to get to the SEC. We'll get your thoughts on that. So here's Colton after he gets his, gets his rundown. Yeah, obviously uh, the big the big uh, story in the SEC is uh, Alabama this year. They're uh, sitting at 21-6, and 16-2 and two in, the, in the conference. So, they're obviously the favorite going into it. They're the one seed going in. But, uh, you know, a couple other teams to kind of look at, I think, is, uh, you know, like Coach said, uh, Arkansas. You know, they they actually beat, you know, uh, Alabama. They, they split the series during the regular season. Um, and they, yeah, really limited that high-powered Alabama offense to, uh, you know, a real low score when they, when they matched up here recently. So, you know, I look for them to, you know, possibly make a run here and, uh, you know, try to improve their, you know, line for the big, the big dance. Um, and then another team to watch, I think, is uh, Ole Miss. They're kind of, uh, you know, sitting there on the bubble um, and, and uh, you know, have the potential to, you know, solidify a spot in, in the uh, March Madness. So I think that they have to, you know, make a, make a run here to, uh, you know, potentially get into the big dance. So I think, you know, that's a team to watch because, uh, you know, they, they got to make some noise. So they're going to, you know, be, they're playing for something. So, you know, they need to make, some, make a splash. So. I would look for them to, you know, potentially do do something to get that Definitely. that spot in, yeah. in the March Madness. Right. Hit that right on the head. I I totally hit that right on the head. Yeah. You know, Alabama's got some great athletes, and and uh, you know, ever since Andy Kennedy got out of uh, Mississippi, you didn't know if they were Ole Miss was going to be back very soon, and they obviously have done a good job coming back. Yeah, yeah, we've seen Alabama putting up some big numbers all year, man. They they can they can really score the ball. Yeah, and I think uh, you know another you know team that you know we kind of sleep on or sleeping on in that because it's Tennessee. I mean they're usually you know the perennial powerhouse in the SEC, but they're coming in you know seventeen and seven, you know ten and seven in the conference. So they're you know a little bit behind you know some of those other teams, but. 
you know, I still think that they have a, a good team, a good veteran team, and uh, they, they really do play defense quite a bit. The problem for them this year has been scoring the basketball. Mm-hmm. They just don't have a lot of stars that can score the ball uh, really well, uh, but they do, you know, lock in on defense. So yeah, that's another team to, to look at. Yeah, uh, Kentucky sitting at 9-15 and 15 right now. Do you think they have a chance at making a final push? Uh, Kyle I, Perry's I, I think left. at this point they – there's no other. They have to win it all. They have to win yeah, to get an automatic bid. I, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't get in unless they win the whole thing. And that brings us to another topic. We had a, a internet question for us, um, an Instagram question about Duke. Uh, the question from our from our listener was, um, does Duke have to win the ACC tournament to get in the big dance? And I think that's an absolute yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only way Duke gets in this year. Unfortunately for Coach K. Is a uh, is an automatic bid by winning the ACC conference that they just underperformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think uh, I don't know. I, I don't think that they have to absolutely win. I, I think at this point they have to make it pretty much to the finals. I would say um, because you're, you're talking, you know, the, the teams that they're going to run through. You know, their next game they won today. Their next game that they have to play is against Louisville, who's you know a bubble team and. You know, they played them just not too long ago, and if they had won that game, they were in the tournament. Then they go, you know, after that, they have to play, you know, if they win that, they play Florida State. And, you know, Florida State is a, you know, tournament team. And then you're looking at, you know, uh, playing either, you know, Virginia Tech, Virginia in the, you know, quarterfinals or whatever. So that's another, you know, big, big win. And then, you know, you're going into the finals and you're playing, yeah, Virginia or, you know, whoever, you know, you're playing another top team in the finals. And uh, I, I think if they can, you know, keep it close in the finals, I think that they could potentially lose, lose in the final and, and, and still make it. But at this point, you know, I, I think they have to at least. More honestly, I just think uh, they've performed that well at all this season. And with only one true top uh, 25 win over Virginia, they just haven't done anything. Coach, what's your take on that? Do you think uh, Duke has to win the tournament to get in? Um, I, uh, I think it's kind of good that they're not going to be in. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I would like to see a team from uh, another conference get in. I, I, I don't think they should get on in on their reputation. Uh, uh, I would like to see some other team get in besides them. I, I think there's other division one teams out there that are deserving and, uh, Certainly, if they go to the finals in their, their conference final, they'll have a chance. But uh, it doesn't matter to me whether they're in or not. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of a lot of people are banking on that reputation that they're, you know, if they can get close, it, give it to them just because of their name. But uh, you know, I think at the same time they haven't, you know, a whole lot this year. So you know, I. I I think that they you know, have to make a serious push to, to even be considered. And uh, like I said, I'd rather see a, a smaller team get in over them yeah. if, if they're more deserving. So, yeah, you shouldn't get in. Shouldn't get in just on name recognition. Recognition alone. Um, hey, coach, let's let's shift gears here just a little bit. Um, we want to pick your brain a little bit. Tell us tell us your thoughts on what it takes for a high school athlete to get to D level, D one level, and beyond. I know you've coached some pretty elite athletes on your AAU teams that have went on to do big things in D1 ball. Um, just, just tell us what it takes to get to that level. Well, uh, 
I think the, the, the thing that you have to do is AAU is where you, where you have to go and play. And, and, and the problem with AAU, um, most of your local stuff is, is pretty much watered down now. But the coaching with the Ohio Basketball Club and, and Team Ohio, you know, we were sponsored by events, we had a travel budget. We went out and got the 12 best kids in Ohio and anybody that bordered our state. So we went out and actually recruited our kids to 15, 16, and 17. So we had three teams and we traveled around the country and didn't play any games in Ohio. But we would play Atlanta and Chicago, and Indianapolis, Las Vegas, uh, Anaheim, LA, Dallas. So 32 teams <clears throat> were Adidas teams, and all 32 teams had to play one another at different sites around the country. So there were no easy games, right? And you played pool games, and you played nothing but the best teams around. So that AAU is a little bit different because all the Division One coaches are there, mm-hmm. right? You know, those are all recruitable kids, and and for us to continue to keep the budget and do what we do, we have to continue to be able to put the best product in Ohio on the floor. And us being the only Adidas sponsored team in Ohio yeah. allows us to do that. So. You know, kids today, it's 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 just different. You know, I, I ask kids all the time, you know, just what are you what are you willing to give up to play at the division one level? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see, a lot of kids don't. You know, growing up in the Linden area in Columbus, um, you know, in the seventies, you know, I mean, there's kids that went to college. Yes. The only way I was going to go to college is if I got a scholarship to go to Ohio State. You know, my dad set up the environment for me to go and be able to play some baseball and this and that. You had to give up a lot. You know, I never went to a prom, never went to a homecoming dance, yeah, didn't have a lot of any girlfriends. Dedicated. It's a lot of sacrifice. And I don't know if so many young kids, you know, when they turn 16, they think they can get the best car. You know? mm-hmm. And a lot of times parents, you know, the problem today, a lot of parents mind their own children. And I think that really hurts uh, when a kid goes away. He's apt to come back a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Instead couldn't. of stepping up to that challenge, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. But the AAU is, um, you know, it's not perfect, but um, you know, it's it's the the level that we had that we were fortunate enough to be at is a lot different than the you know stuff that's local. And the local guys do a great job. It's just that, you know, it's we we knew what we were. Going Right. So these guys you're going to see on Saturday afternoons and Saturday nights, and then you're going to see them go on to the NBA. Yeah. And with that, you know, you had to work certain camps in Chicago and ABCD camp and Teaneck, New Jersey, and things like that. So you're around those kids and exposed to them. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to, to, to be the best, you got to play the best. And, uh, you know, going around the country, not just, you know, locally, you know, you're seeing guys from all over the place that are good at all kinds of different things so for sure getting exposure in more than just your you know local city or local state even uh you know is the only way or you know one of the ways to, to get your name out there yeah. well, i remember i had i had a couple of parents come up to me and wanted a local kid to play on our team and i'm like you know i, I tried to explain it the nicest way possible that maverick rowan was an adidas all-american that ended up going to nc state and was freshman of the year and Kevin Johnson ended up starting the team versus Cincinnati as a freshman. Those are two pretty good guards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and then you got a center, uh, Carlton Drag, who goes to Kansas. So 
I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit different to try to explain to people that your son may be a 6'3 guard here, but Maverick Rowan's a 6'7 two guard. Right, right. You know, yeah. and, and there's a lot of difference between, you know, that four inches and plus, you know, uh, Division One level, you know, college coaches want kids that can create their own. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, I tell everybody all the time, there's not a whole lot of difference between Division One, Division Two, Division Three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a few inches of each position, a little bit of quickness, but the fact that they can create their own uh, sets them aside from everybody else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, getting that exposure from around the country is always good, and yeah, I think uh, sometimes yeah, kids have to realize that uh, you know. They may be, you know, good here. Or they're the big fish in a small pond here, but uh, in the big, big scheme of things, they, you know, there's people out there that are, you know, just as good, if not better, than them. So it's a uh, sometimes a, a harsh wake-up call, a harsh uh, reality that uh, they gotta, they gotta come to. But uh, you know, it, 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 you know, they find a way eventually. Let's say. Yeah, that's. I couldn't agree with you more about parents, you know, giving their kids sometimes the easy way out, and then when they get. They get away from uh, they, their hometown and get to the next level. That uh, you know they struggle a little bit, and uh, maybe it's a dose of reality. But um, coach, one more thing: um, what do you like to see? You know, I know you don't always have a team full of all stars, and not everybody does. Um, but uh, what do you want to see from the players on your team? Well, you know, I, I stepped away uh, last year from the AAU. Just after 25 years and uh, you know a couple national titles, a thousand wins. I just you know I just when you start waking up and, and, and you're in different parts of the country and you're wondering what city you're in, it's probably time to stop. <laughs> but you know because you're always going 100 mile an hour. But I, I guess what I want to see from kids today is I want to see them cheat. Um, you know if you you have kids that cheat at school, then you're usually going to cheat on your team and they're going to cheat on their workout. And inevitably, that's, that, that's a recipe for disaster. Right. Um, and and what, do, what, what do you really want to do and what do you want to give up in order to ascertain a specific goal that you want to achieve? Yeah. And I think that the only way to do that with kids is to sit down and, and, and talk with them and, and, and set realistic goals and everything of that nature the only problem is that sometimes when you only got them for two hours a day at practice and and, and sometimes when they go home they're not making any goals it's the same thing right. i always told parents i'll probably saw a little bit of the percent of what you see what your kid says about you if you only believe 50 percent of what they say about you yeah yeah and um you know and i, I just you know i've been fortunate you know i i've only had one school where i i, I think the parents were on board being the only one of the only white coaches in the city of Cleveland coaching all black kids, I had wonderful parents. Yeah. When I was at Marion Harding High School, I just had wonderful parents, wonderful teachers, wonderful staff. And Troy had the same thing, Amy Lake, same thing. And right now, I'm fortunate enough to coach at Desiris, which is kind of a graveyard for coaches, but the parents are wonderful. The kids work hard, and, and I'm having a lot of fun with them. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, yeah, I think sometimes, uh, you know, coaches get uh, caught up with, with the talent, but then sometimes that talent doesn't always translate to success because the kids aren't willing to put in the work to, to get better, to take that extra step to get to that elite level. Um, you know, sometimes they just get complacent or lazy, and I think sometimes coaches, 
value, you know, should value, you know, those, those players that are willing to put in the work and, and uh, you know, go that extra mile to, to get better, even if they, you know, maybe not all have the, all the skills or, you know, the absolute skills, but they're willing to put in the work. I think, uh, you know, sometimes coaches, um, you know, over, over, overlook that sometimes. But I can tell you quite honestly, I, I don't coach any differently than when I had Travis Kelsey than when I've got anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we go through the same drills, we do the same things. And, you know, hey, you know, it, the game's a lot easier when you've got, you know, some players. But um, I think I'm at a point in my career is I just want to coach, I just want to build a program. Because um, the kids are desirous of it. We're not where we want to be at this point yet, but uh, you know, those kids are working in there, and uh, parental support is just uh, something that is extreme. Coach, your coaching style, your ability to get the most out of a team that maybe when you don't always have the most talent. I mean, let's face it, anybody can win with a team full of all stars, but it takes a real coach to you know, to get kids to the next level. So, well, Coach, we want to thank you for calling in tonight. Um, we appreciate that. And uh, we'll give a shout-out to your buddy there, Huggins, and then, you know, West Virginia. Maybe maybe after the tournament's over, we can get him to call in and give us some insight on uh, how his team did it, did his, you know, in, in the big dance. So, we appreciate uh-huh. you calling in, Coach. And, you know, you're a friend of the show. So, uh, we will uh, we'll let you go, and we'll talk to you later. All right, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. All right. And uh, just a just a good just a good interview with Coach. And, yeah. Let's get into the NBA. To me, it was kind of kind of a I don't know almost a letdown. It was you know Team LeBron's team one, which we all knew after looking at the lineup. I don't know what Durant was thinking when when he picked that team, but uh, especially with him being injured, uh, I think it you know we we looked at that lineup, but it's like really, actually it was closer to what I thought it was going to be. They only got beat by twenty. Mm, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I think uh, you know. Just wrapping up, you know, some of the skills competition, you know, the NBA skills competition, uh, you know, Devonta Sabonis from the Pacers, you know, wind up taking that. So, you know, big man winning kind of a, you know, kind of a point card guard type of, uh, you know, drill. So, you know, good to see that there's still some uh, big men out there that can, you know, pass the ball and, you know, can do some of the handle the ball like right. a guard can. And so. I think, I think that speaks to what the coach uh, was just saying out here, you know, you, you know, you got a kid that in his local on his local team or local conference, he might be a pretty good guard at six foot, but when he goes to the next level, he's going to be you know playing against kids that are have every good you know every bit of good handles is what he's got, and they might be four or five inches taller at his position. So, right. but yeah, you're seeing a lot of big men now that can really handle the ball well. You know, shoot the three pointer. Uh, it's just the game has changed yeah. so much. Yeah, and then uh, in the three point contest, uh, you know. I, hands down, you know, Steph Curry took took that one. I mean, I don't that think was anybody was surprised. Yeah, I don't think anybody was really questioning that he was going to take. I mean, it, it was close, a lot closer. Mike Conley gave him a run yeah. for hip. You know, Conley being the last minute stand in there. I mean, he uh, he lit it up in his round, and you know, it, uh, Steph had to beat him on his last. Right. Ball, I mean, so. it, yeah, came down to the last shot, which you know, Steph is known for hitting He's that clutch. big shot. Yeah. So, but uh, he, 
I've been watching basketball for a lot, a lot of years, fellas. I mean, sort of back to the, you know, the heyday of the Celtics back. In, but Seth, Steph Curry, he is the best pure shooter I've ever seen. The yeah. guy is just, he's so smooth and he, you know, his, his piece at the high point of his jump, it's just, it's just picture perfect. If you want to, somebody to, to model your jump shot after kids. If you're looking to go to the next level or even play on your high school team, you look at the way, you know, he squares up to the basket. It's just fundamentally sound, and he is just a pure shooter. Yeah, he's definitely perfected that craft, that's for sure. Um, and then in the dunk contest, uh, you know, Anthony Simons from uh, Portland, from the Portland Trailblazers took, uh, took the dunk contest. I, I mean, contest was kind of uneventful. You know, it was kind of rushed. Not really, you know, too exciting. Doing it at halftime of the game. Yeah. I mean, I understand with the cutting everything down to one day, one day, you know, you got to squeeze it in there. But right. you know, it's kind of a, um, you know, one thing that I did think was cool how he channeled his inner uh, Tracy McGrady by wearing that old Raptors jersey <laughs> yeah. in the second round there. So that that was pretty cool to see him, you know, give credit to a past dunk champion. I think he had. And then, you know, obviously dad touched on the all-star game, you know, LeBron, team LeBron took it, you know, 170 to 150. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo took, took home the, the uh, MVP there. Uh, Why wouldn't he? Yeah. He shot he, 11 of, you know. 16, 16 of 16, 16 of 16. And, and 35 points. That'd so much better than that. Yeah, yeah. He can't do any better than perfect. So, uh, you know, good, good for him. But, you know, some other standouts on that LeBron team, Steph Curry with 28 points, eight three-pointers. And then uh, Damian Lillard, you know, gave, Giannis, every, you know, run for his money for MVP, he finished yeah. with 32 points and actually hit the, the, the shot that won the game for him. Um, and it was almost a half-court shot that he yeah, hit. Two so of his shots were actually almost half-court. Yeah, so you know, that's off to him. But, yeah, like that said, Team LeBron was clearly the rant. So, you know, it was, uh, yeah, kind of an un, un, you know, uneventful NBA All-Star weekend, but, you know, glad that they at least got the, got the got play. To see, yeah, got the play. Let's stay with the NBA. Let's talk about the big, uh, well, not we won't spend a lot of time on it, but Blake Griffin uh, just went to the Nets. Um, they picked him up. Um, he's going back to play with DeAndre Jordan that he played with for eight years at, out there with the Clippers. And, uh, it, you know, his contention and, what you know, his take on it was he wants to play for a contender. And I'll tell you what. The Nets are coming. Yeah, the best contender. They are a contender. Right. right. They yeah. are a contender. They're looking pretty strong there in the East. You know, he signed for uh, two million or something. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's been in the league twelve years. He's not going to be a starter on that team, I don't think. But he'll he'll come off the bench and give him some quality minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, you know he just got bought out on Friday. Uh, you know, some other teams that you know show show was showing him some interest. Were uh, Golden State, the Heat, and Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately it obviously came down to the Nets had, uh, you know, that championship caliber team and, you know, the real, a better chance than all of those other teams to win, uh, you know, a championship. So I think uh, that was the deciding factor for him. But yeah, like that, I don't, I don't look for him to be, you know, that flashy player that he used to be at, at this point in his career. He, he, he just doesn't have that athleticism again to, to be Lob City like he was in, in yeah. Los Angeles. As, uh, playing on all those teams and also being a major contributor, I think that's going to help in the locker room, if nothing else, and he'll be a, definitely a uh, big role player for him, too, right. with the rain out right now. Yeah. Absolutely.
I mean, the trade deadline's coming up here pretty soon. Does that mean the Lakers, you know, they, they have to worry about that team out east and possibly make a move at, at the trade deadline? To, yeah. I mean, I don't know what their cap – I don't mean, know who's out there. Their cap space, and, you know, they got, you know, stars, you know, going for them. But, you know, are, are they what feeling – What I see the Lakers, to me, what they lack is that, that outside shooter, that, that, that consistent outside mm-hmm. shooter, whether he's coming off the bench or in the starting lineup. I mean, obviously the Lakers have a very strong team. Pretty much our pick to to uh, possibly repeat, but uh, I mean that, that seems to be the if there is a, a weak spot on that Lakers team, to me that's that seems what it is. Let me throw this at you though. Looking at that Nets team, can we call that the all no defensive team? There ain't a single <laughs> guy on that team that plays defense. Man. Maybe DeAndre Jordan, but he's up there in age too right, right now. Right, yeah. right. But uh, yeah. yeah, when. One of your five starters are the only ones that's playing defense. It'd be hard to play defense. Well, this that, reminds me of that one guy can't play. Yeah, you can't play defense by yourself. This right. reminds me a lot of that Golden State team once they signed Boogie Cousins for right. end of the stretch yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I got to call the Nets the all no defense team. Yeah, yeah, but, no. But they're putting up huge points. I mean, they got scores on that team that can they can light it up. So right, right. Let's go into another big trade this week. Not in the NBA, or not a trade, but another big signing this week. Uh, Dak Prescott in Dallas, fellas, what do you think? Good move for Dallas, bad move for Dallas? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for me, I don't know. I'm not sold on Dak. I'm, I'm, not really, either, I'm really not. But at the same time, I can see why they, they did it. At the same, I think the quarterback position now, fellas, we're seeing there just aren't many elite guys out there. And I'm not saying that, you know, Dak is the top-level guy, but he's a decent enough quarterback that, you know, did he warrant this amount of money? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, he's a second now, the second highest paid quarterback in the league, and it has one playoff win. And signed the biggest signing bonus of ever. No kidding. Six million for writing your name on it on the line. Right, and yeah. like I said, has one one playoff win. And uh, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt he is the playmaker uh, for you know one of the you know big pieces of that team. You can clearly see it after he got injured. Dallas went down, went yeah. went completely down the hole um, after he got hurt this past season. So. You know, for me, I, 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 I'm just not sold on him. I, I, I don't know that he was worth that level. Of, think, you know, quite a bit of stats. And let, let's not, you know, let's not forget he was selected in the fourth round. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the two top quarterbacks in that class, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Also signed both, big contracts. Both, uh, you know, with different teams now. Right, so, right. you know, it's, uh, you know, a little bit of a mix up there. And, you know, Dak is, has, uh, you know. Coming off that major ankle surgery, you know, we'll see how, we'll see how, you know, he rehabs that, how, how he looks when he comes back out. I, I know this is a different time than when these other guys played, but I found a stat today I thought was pretty funny. Um, Zach's going to make, in this four years, he's going to make $35 million more than Tony Romo earned in his 14 years that he was on the Romo might catch team. him with that announcer. Thing. Yeah, yeah, he might catch yeah. up. And then going back to another Dallas quarterback, Troy Aikman. And I understand it's a different time. Salaries have increased, but he's going to make $105 million more just in that four-year period than Aikman made in his 12 years career. And that dude's got three freaking Super Bowl rings. Right. Yeah, right. I think the real winner out of all this is honestly Dak's agent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, getting yeah. your man $128 million guaranteed after you have one of the worst ankle surgeries that you can have. Mm-hmm. And he's only won one postseason win. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, big loser, the rest of the NFC East. 
they just, you know, locked up. Dallas just locked up their quarterback right. for the next, you know, four years. In a weak division, fellas, where right. quarterback play is up in the air. You know, yeah. you got the Eagles where, you know, they may or may not be, you know, sticking with Jalen Hurts. You got the Giants with Daniel Jones who, you know, is, has been okay. Has been okay for them. Right. Uh, maybe not warranted as high of a pick that they, you know, used on him. And then you got, you know, the Washington football team who's, you know, possibly starting a quarterback that, you know, played a couple games in the playoffs and played well, but is he a flash in the pan or, you know, right. whatever. So yep. I think, uh, you know, the rest of the NFCs has to be on, on, on you know, on watch. And uh, Dallas really has, you know, with Dak, Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, and Amari Cooper, that offense. Yeah, that's going to be nasty. I, I just don't understand how they're not able to produce with that level of talent. Um, but I think at the same time, by, you know, spending this amount of money, it also means they're not going to be able to spend a lot more to improve their team. And I, I think they need some some pieces on that defense. defense so, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but uh, you know, good, good for Dak, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I know, uh, Colton, you watched the UFC fight this weekend. Uh, let's let's finish up our let's finish up the show tonight with a quick wrap up of the UFC, and then uh, we'll let you know what time we're going to be on next week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, UFC 259, uh, Blockowitz versus Adesanya. Um, you know, big big uh, fight. You know, a, a pretty big card, uh, top to bottom, uh, but. Uh, you know, honestly, really turned out to be kind of a mediocre, you know, night, uh, nothing too eventful. Probably the biggest, you know, controversy came in the uh, men's bantamweight title fight uh, between Peter Yan and Ajamain. The champion, you know, coming in, defending his title, and, you know, had it going through the first, uh, you know, several rounds going into the fourth fourth round. And then, uh, you know, by a shrug of, you know, by a strike of, you know, just crazy luck, he actually got disqualified for an illegal knee, right. knee of the head. And then, yeah. you know, on top of that, I, there was controversy because the, the ref then asked, you know, the fighter, you know, Sterling, can you continue? Can you continue? The guy appeared to somewhat kind of be faking it, kind of, you know, somewhat dazed, somewhat not. He even at one point stood up. Hey, can you like flop to the ground, yeah. like an NBA yeah. flop yeah. to the ground yeah. and like, it was just a bad look for the for the UFC, and then on top of that, you know, you would think if he really was concussed or had you know a head head trauma or you know whatever, that they wouldn't have done a post fight interview. But then he was capable of doing the post fight interview wow, too yeah. and, and answering questions. And to me, it just seemed like a whole stage act. You know, I, I feel bad for you know the champ, you know, having to lose in that manner. Um, but then you know the main event, you know, heavyweight fight between uh, Jan Blockowitz and Israel Adesanya. You know, that was the big fight. Uh, Adesanya coming up uh, to fight in that uh, in that division. Happened to put on... actually the favorite. Yeah, he was the favorite coming in and trying to, uh, you know, win win a title in uh, two... Hold, hold a belt in two different divisions there. But uh, in the end, uh, you know, Blockowitz just used that strength and used that, you know, size that he has to get Adesanya to the ground and, uh, you know, just held him there and was able to get, uh, you know, some late some late round victories, you know, through the first three rounds, it was kind of, kind of even, but the last two rounds, Lockowitz uh, really uh, put him, put him to the ground and, uh, you know, put him, uh, you know, use that size to, to take the title. Um, so, you know, Adesanya doesn't, doesn't get, uh, you know, that lucrative, uh, you know, deal with getting two, two title belts. So, you know, overall, 
looked like it was going to be a good night, but uh, turned out to be just, you know, an okay night. Best fighter on the card was the Lioness. Yeah. Nunez. Oh, yeah. Nunez well, was, was she, unbelievable. She's a beast. That's yeah. her 13th straight win. Um, submitted her opponent in the first round with an arm bar, 203 in the first round. Wow. She, she's yeah, I, I, at this point, I don't know who's who's going to beat her. I, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody that can be. A, yeah. At this point, they might have to strike schedule in her to fight men. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't know because uh, she just is dominating. She is absolutely just destroying everybody that she comes across. All right, well, that wraps up our show for tonight. Uh, we're going to do Wednesday next week at seven fifteen. If you want to tune in, we welcome your uh, Instagram questions, and uh, we appreciate. Want to give a uh, thank. Uh, Barry Egan, Coach Egan, for being on again tonight. And uh, next week will be our uh, big, our big uh, ACC or our big NCAA tournament challenge. Um, Colton's got a little contest we're going to put on. He's going to explain to you how that goes before we sign off. Yeah, we're going to do a you know a bracket challenge for uh, you know March Madness. So uh, we, uh, you can submit you know your entry. There's only you know one entry per per person. Uh, then, you know, we're going to give an opportunity for first, second, and third to win, win some prizes. But uh, if you search for uh, Fired Up, uh, that's the group name. Uh, you can find us on, on ESPN there and, uh, you know, join the, join the group. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking to get, you know, it's a public, public uh, you know, group, so anybody can join. And it's free, free to join. And, yep. uh, you know, we're looking to, uh, you know, see who comes out on top and see if anybody can get that perfect bracket, which yeah. has never been done. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're giving away prizes for first, second, and third. So check us out on uh, on ESPN, and uh, and you'll be p competing against the guys here on the Fired Up board too. We're gonna get in this. Obviously, uh, we'll pass on the prizes if one of us gets lucky enough to take first, second, or third. But, right, uh, right. Uh, you'll get a chance to compete against the Fired Up board. So yeah, go on ESPN under their bracket challenge and uh, look for Fired Up on there, and just get registered and. It'll be fun to watch. It always makes when you fill out a bracket. It always makes it much more fun. And yeah. then we'll uh, we'll get some prizes out to the top three uh, top three brackets. Yeah. Even if you don't know anything about basketball, it's still fun. I mean, there have been people that have gotten lucky that just based on color or favorite mascot or you know whatever. So even if you're not a sports fan or you know don't watch college basketball, go ahead and uh, you know join in the fun. All right. We'll see you next Wednesday, folks. Thanks.